glory to Jesus. Man, God is good to us. God is good to us. Thanking Him for His presence tonight. Amen? Thanking God for His presence tonight. Merry Christmas to everybody. It's a good time to be in the house of God, in the church of Jesus Christ. Amen? Because we are connected to the one that this season is all about. We are connected to Him. This season is about Him. Glory to God. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Him. There was a plan established and created before the foundation of the world. There was a journey that humanity was on for about 4,000 years. Well, more than 4,000 years. But from from the beginning of time we know on this planet... The creation of Adam and Eve and everything that is on this planet. And there was a 4,000 year journey from creation on until Jesus. And then there was a conception, there was a birth, there was a life, there was a decision made, there was a death, a burial, a resurrection, and an ascension, and a sitting down at the right hand of the Father. And as I said the last few Sundays, you cannot separate one from the other. It's a package thing. God so loved us that He had a plan for us, and that plan was a plan of redemption. It it was a plan to rescue us because mankind could not handle it on planet Earth. Mankind could not handle it here without a Savior. Thank God for Jesus, our Savior. Amen? Everybody say it. I have a Savior. Whoo! Amen and amen. Well, tonight and next Wednesday, I'm going to end my series on who and what is the church. And uh, we've been on this for a while. We took a break for about a month and a half. And then... I really felt like God told me to finish this series in just talking about this church body more. I mean, it, it can't separate this congregation of people from the rest of the church because there's just one church, you understand? There's congregations of people, and, and you need different congregations of people so that we can accomplish everything in the earth. But there's only one church, and it's His church, and He's building it. Can you say amen? <clears throat> and so... We're just going to talk about that and how Gates of the City fits into that. So, our title is Who and What is the Church? And tonight, uh, I want to look at a, at first, I want to look at a little of the why. The who and the what, but the why. Why the church? I'm going to say it like this. Why mess with it? Why mess with the church? Why, why don't we just all individually just do whatever we want to do? I mean, you know, in the natural mind, sometimes it seems like a good idea. But there's only one reason why. Because he said. Amen? And he gave us a plan, but you've got to piece it together. It's like a puzzle. 
How many like puzzles? Hmm? I love puzzles. We, we do puzzles. My wife and I do puzzles at our house, <clears throat> and we'll get this puzzle, and it looks like it's got, to me, it looks like a million pieces, you know? It's probably only 300, but it looks like a million. And the minute we start putting it together, and she's really good at it, and she can get half the puzzle, you know, done in the time that I get a, maybe an eighth of the rest of the puzzle. <clears throat> but I love putting, I, I love getting the pieces, separating them and all, then putting them all together. And that's what you have to do with the Word. You have to separate it. And then you have to put together what, Je- what Jesus, what God has said is His church. And, and if we don't, um, if we don't do it that way, then it becomes, then the church just becomes a social club. It just becomes something that we do. And I'm just telling you now, I'm not going to be a part of just going through the motions of something. I'm not, I haven't been a part of that for 32 years. Maybe at different times, you know, you, you're not all in or you're, everybody gets frustrated or whatever. But I'm not going to be a part of that. I, I believe it's the greatest day that the church has ever seen and, and, and ever known. And I, I want to just say to you that are here tonight <clears throat> that since COVID began... It's been difficult, and, and not, I wouldn't say real difficult in this church, but I mean, we've had some difficulties, but throughout the church of Jesus Christ, it's been difficult navigating <clears throat> what to do and when. You know, there's been a lot of things that have happened uh, in 2020 and 2021, and, um, you know, we were not meeting for a while. Then we met for a while, but we didn't, we didn't have children's ministry at all. You know, we haven't totally brought all that back. Um, you know, there's, there's been a, a, a number of families that haven't returned to the church, you know, um, since COVID started. And, and, you know, a number of things have gone on to where we're not doing everything we did before COVID. Um, but I feel like it's a really good place. And... Just remember that I said this, I'm not going into it because you'll hear it on the Sunday I preach at Word First. But 2022 is a time of the church stepping into its purpose. Actually, COVID has been a blessing. Hear what I said. I didn't say COVID was a blessing. I said the effects of COVID and what what COVID's tried to do has actually turned around and it's turning into a good thing. Did you hear what I said? That happens with God every single time. I didn't say COVID was good. I should say I did. I didn't mean that. I did say that, but I didn't mean that. I did not mean it was good. It's not good. Anything that produces sickness and disease and death is no good. Can you say amen? We serve the God of life, not death. And so I'm not making even light of that. I'm just saying the effects of it and what it tried to produce and what it's tried to do is actually worked in a negative way and it's producing great things in this hour. I'm telling you, 2022 is a year of the church. Everybody say, I'm the church. I'm the church. Say, we're the church. And we're worldwide the church. Can you say amen? I mean, we're connected everywhere. Everywhere. The church is connected. It's the greatest day the church has ever known. 
I, and, and I truly believe that. <clears throat> and for this church, 2022, we're stepping into a new and improved church that is only going to do in this church body what God wants, not anything else. Simplifying everything so that what we do is effective and it affects people's lives. 2022 is going to be a greater year of evangelism from every one of you. You need to learn, each one of us in this body needs to learn how to evangelize. You know why? Because the Scripture says, tells us individually to be ready in season and out of season. To be ready to bring a word in season for people that are hurting. God's anointed all of us that way. And that's why this church, its purpose is about God's Word. Everything that we do is centered around the Word and the revelation of that Word. Everything that we do. And in 2022, it's a new and improved church that is only doing what God wants done. Can you say amen? Why would we want to do anything else, right? So, a definition that I just kind of put together of what is the church, what the church is. I've given several definitions in this series, but I'm giving you a new one. What is the church? The church is made up of the ones called out of something, people that are called out of something and called into a connection with others that believe the same thing, which is God's Word. I'm going to say it again. One, people who have been called out of something and called into a connection with others that believe the same thing. That's who we are. That's what we are. That's what the church is. Called out ones coming out of all kinds of different things in life and called into be connected to people that believe the same thing. Because... To be the church of Jesus Christ and to be effective in the earth, we have to be all parts working and functioning together correctly. Can you say amen? So in Matthew 16 and verse 13, and we've read this before many times, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered him and said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. You know, um... As, you, as we've watched The Chosen, what I, one of the things I really like about The Chosen is it focuses on the relationships that the disciples had and, and the relationship that they had with Jesus. I like that. It's given me a new insight into that. And, um, and you know, I, I kind of picture these guys. I, I stood where these guys were when Jesus was talking to them about this in Israel. I stood in the, in the 
you know, there's certain places they know for sure where, pe where things were or are, and, and, and there's other th places they're not sure about, but this, this area, they knew exactly where it was in, in Caesarea Philippi. And, um, and I, I, I don't believe that the other disciples were sitting around and they heard Peter say that, and, and, and I don't believe that they thought, well, where did he get that from? I believe it was like kind of the game show buzzer thing, you know, where they ask the question, you know, and they both slap and hit it, but one guy got it first. That's what I feel like it was like. You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Let's say it together. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Come on, let's say it together. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Come on, say it again. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. So they all said, well, you know, some say that you're, you're John the Baptist or Elijah or one of the prophets, but he said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And he said, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, <clears throat> but my Father in heaven, and he said, <clears throat> on this rock... He said, you're Peter, and on this rock I will build my church that the gates of hell shall not prevail against. He said, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you. Reveal what? That he's the Christ, the Son of the living God. Flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, but my Father in heaven. And <clears throat> on this rock of revelation, on on." on the rock of how you got that, how you got a revelation that He's the Christ, the Son of the living God, not John the Baptist, not Elijah or one of the prophets or anything else. He said, on this rock is what I'll build my church. It's the rock of revelation. And you know, we teach this all the time around here, you will not get revelation from the Word of God without the preached Word. It doesn't work. God set it up that way. This plan about what, you know, why the church? Why? Why go through all the stuff you have to go through in dealing with people and personalities and all this stuff? Because he said that's the only way you can build it. You can't build a church any other way. God cannot make disciples of people with unrenewed minds. And when someone is a novice and they want to force things and hurry their life up into something happening and manifesting and them being used by God in a supernatural way before the time, it never works out. Because he said, I'm building my, my church on the rock of revelation that you know that he's the Christ, who? The Son of the living God. Remember the Son? Right? God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. I'm talking about that Son. 
right? It's not just that, you know, it, it, it's not just making mental assent of the fact that, yeah, he's the son. No, no, no. He's the son that the father gave up because he loved you so much. Remember what I said Sunday? You, you are that masterpiece that he gave the best that he had. He gave his only son for you. And that's how he views you. And that's what we have to get. That's why the church, that's why we do this. It has to be done. Because if it's not done, you know what? Then there's no authority. So, tonight, I usually have lots and lots of Scripture, but tonight, I just have a bunch of notes. I got one more Scripture, but I got a bunch of notes. So I'm just going to read to you some things that I believe God has just been speaking to me for a while. It's the reason that I, I read, I, I decided to finish this series. <clears throat> so when a person doesn't, when a, when a person's not sure whether Jesus was an angel or John the Baptist or Elijah or one of the prophets, when people are not sure about the fact that he's the Christ, the son of the living God, they've got stuff in their life. Even people that know that he's the Christ, the son of the living God, people have things in their life, things going on, things, issues and stuff they've got to deal with and walk through. Everybody does. <clears throat> but for years and years in the church world, the focus was on the sin. The focus was on the mistakes that people made. And um, at Gates, what we've done for 32 years is focus on the victory. Thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph, who gives us the victory in Christ Jesus. Can you say amen? That, that's where our focus has been. <clears throat> Most people fight against the sin when the Bible teaches you to fight the good fight of faith. Fight the fight that there is that, that involves developing a life of faith and trust and confidence in God. That's where the fight is. And that's where, <clears throat> in other words, that's the real battle. I want you to think about this. I, I, I've just, this has been going over in my mind. And, and I, I thought of, I just came up with, or I believe God showed me, just five things. Because everybody can relate to these five areas because we know about them. But you take, let's just say in the last 125 years, okay, with prohibition, there were laws about drinking, okay? And if you broke those laws, they put you in jail. Did that stop drinking? Okay. There was, <clears throat> you know, in my lifetime, because I was involved in it in, in my younger life, because I lived 40 miles from the Juarez border in, in out, just out of El Paso into a town called Las Cruces, and so I was close to the border, so there were drugs everywhere. And so all my growing up, there were drug laws, you know, but it didn't stop us from doing drugs. And in fact, to this day, there are drug laws, but you can get any drug you want in Kerrville, Texas, 
so that didn't stop it. Can you say amen to that? Or, or, or say, oh my gosh. <clears throat> um, pornography at every level that we've seen for years and years. Pornography at every level. Human trafficking. All that's involved in those kind of things. The porn level, there are laws against it. I know people that have gone to prison because of pornography, child pornography, all kinds of things. But the porn industry is off the charts. Adulterous living, you realize <clears throat> that there was a time if you were married and you were caught in an adulterous relationship, that you would go to prison. Actually, <clears throat> we have a friend, well, he's preached here before, from Oklahoma. His dad was the sheriff his, of his county, and he caught a guy in a, committing adultery, strung him up in the town. This was, you know, around the turn of the, in, from the 1800s into the 1900s during that century, the turn of that century somewhere around that time period. There's a great-great-grandfather of his, and he was a sheriff of the town, and that was, he was law. And he got caught in, in adultery, but <clears throat> to this day, I haven't noticed that that stopped. You know why? Because people will find a way to do what they want to do. None of that's ever stopped it. None of it. <clears throat> but if enough people get saved and they come into the church and they begin to get and develop a diet of the Word of God, of the seed of the Word being planted inside of them, and they are encouraged not to quit. I mean, <clears throat> how many of you, my, my, my dad, in my growing up, my dad, as far back as I can remember, my, my father had one job. He was a golf professional, and he was a golf pro at a, country, at a, at a, at a college course, and he was the golf coach at, at, the, at the college there, and he was the golf pro. And he had that job for 35, 37 years, something like that, and he retired from that job. He had one job. And there were many days he didn't like that job, but he didn't quit. And <clears throat> what's happened with the church is that the church has become, and, and I, I'm speaking for the church that I'm a part of, the, the church of Jesus Christ that I'm a part of. I'm not being critical of anything or anybody. I'm just saying this, that the church, in one way, has become so seeker-friendly that we've been more about congregating people in a building than we are making sure that people get free. Gates of the city, we won't do that. We've never done it, and we never will. Because without the seed of the word, you can't grow up. And when you're not growing up, you're not developing that revelation that he's the Christ, the son of the living God. 
The one that paid the price to liberate you, but not just to save you, to heal you, deliver you, and set you free from anything that you experience in life. You have to have the Word. It's the reason that we talk so much about developing daily routines in the Word. Because if I'm not declaring the Word on a daily basis, then the Word isn't working for me. See, that's my part. I mean, God's, everybody say, God's Word works. I mean, His Word works. Faith works all across the board. The Word works. But the Word won't work for me if I don't believe the Word. And I'm not going to believe the Word if all I'm doing is meditating on other things separate from the Word. If I'm meditating on how much I don't like a person, if I'm meditating on unforgiveness I've had for years and years and years, and that's all that goes over in my mind, I'm not getting any information in how to be liberated and freed from that. I'm not hearing any word, or if I do, it's just hit and miss, and every once in a while, listen, my preaching, the preaching from this pulpit at Gates of the City will not set you free if you don't do something with it. Because you've got to take ownership of what you hear preach, and you've got to know that it's right and that it's true and that it's right for you. And if you don't do that and allow the Holy Spirit to reveal it to you, the lack of that revelation will keep you from being able to be a part of the church that Jesus is building. I mean, it sounds that, that maybe sounds a little cruel or mean or whatever. It's just the truth. <clears throat> There's nothing cruel about it. It's just the absolute truth. He cannot build His church with souls that are not renewed to the Word. He can't do it. It's impossible because he set it up that way. It's not impossible. Nothing's impossible for him, but he won't go against the way he set it up. And that's what I found in the Word is that if he says it's this way, then that's the way it is. I, I like this verse. It's the only other verse I was going to read tonight are these two verses. Romans 3 and verse 3. <clears throat> and it says this. What if some did not believe? Will their unbelief make the faithfulness of God without effect? Certainly not. I think I gave you the definitions of, or, or different translations of that. Certainly not. Impossible. No way. There's no way it could be that way. <clears throat> A person's unbelief doesn't change the faithfulness of God. So in other words, if your faith, quote, doesn't work in a specific situation, that doesn't change God. And if I'm not developing faith on a regular basis by hearing the Word, by, by coming out of old ways of thinking and coming into new ways of thinking by doing what? Coming into the church. Coming into the church and staying in the church and valuing what you hear preached is the only thing that will change the circumstances of life. Because that, if you do something with what you're hearing, you'll begin to develop faith and unbelief will be on the way out. Will a person's unbelief change the faithfulness of God? It can't be. It's impossible. God is faithful 
And God's word is true, and God will do every single time what his word says he will do. But you have to know his word to know how to do what he said he would do. And the only way, the only way, he set it up this way. Only way is to hear the word preached. You know what's involved in hearing the word preached? You getting out of your evening pajamas and showing up. Or wear your pajamas, whatever. You know? Really really doesn't matter. I mean, I mean, it, it it's getting out of a mindset, I'm too tired, I'm too this, I'm too that, because I can't live without this. To value it more than you value anything else in life. Because you center your life around that. 2022 will hold miraculous manifestations in and through people's lives that believe what I'm saying. I'm not saying it's going to happen to just anybody, but people that really truly are believing what I'm saying, that you're taking what you're hearing and what you're receiving as real. Peter hit the buzzer first, and he said, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. You don't think John didn't believe that? You don't think Andrew didn't believe that? You didn't think any of the rest of the disciples didn't believe that? They believed it. I'm telling you, these guys, they they spent day and night, day and night, day and night together. And this was, you know, a certain journey into their time together. And I mean, they were believing this. I I believe they were going, man, I wish I would have said it first. Right? You know what I say? I'm so glad I believe it. You know why I believe that? You know why I believe he's the Christ, the son of the living God, and everything that's entailed with that? You know why I do? Because I didn't quit. I didn't stop. Had frustrating days, frustrating times, went through journeys and issues and stuff that like anybody and everybody, because we live in a fallen world. But the difference in me and maybe some other people that I know, they quit, I didn't. That's the only difference. Not because I did it perfectly and it, 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 it all looked great as we were doing it along the way. And there's times when, but for the grace of God, it, none of it would have worked. Can you say amen? amen? But because of his faithfulness, I am stronger and faithful today like I've never been before. Shouldn't it be that way? Shouldn't you be more faithful today than you've ever been in your life? Yeah. We should be increasing all the time. That's the God we serve. He's the God of increase. Moving us forward, causing us to become confident in the things that we believe. And I'll just say this. The enemy works overtime to get you to have a boatload of excuses. Why not to come and hear the word? Because if he can keep you away from it, And then he can keep you, listen, when you stay away from the word and you have this much word and this much of the world, I'm going to say it again, when you have this much of the word and this much of the world, then you keep your strife, you keep your unforgiveness, you keep your bitterness, you keep your anger, you keep your jealousy, you keep your competition, you keep all these different things when you have this much word and this much of the world. And I'll just tell you right now, it's on me 
to make sure that I've got as much of the Word as I've got of the world, of the things that I'm... It's, it's on me. And it's something that has to be developed. You have to become convinced of it. You can't do it just because I say it. I, I, I'm not standing up here to put anybody under condemnation if you're not doing enough. It's not about not doing enough. It's about being convinced that it works and allowing yourself to be drawn into this. Because listen to me, at the end of the day, it's the seed of the Word that produces, not how faithful you are, not how much you've done right, not how perfect your life becomes or anything else. It's the seed of the Word that's working on the inside of you. In the seed, listen, in an apple seed are all the apples. In the seed. All the fruit that we're looking for in our life, it's in the seed. But the seed has to be planted, then it has to be watered, it has to be cultivated, it has to be developed, it has to allow to grow up. And that takes time. And you know what? God is so patient. He's so patient. But the enemy just wants us divided. He just wants people to separate so that they stay in their mess and they don't grow up and become everything that God created them to be. But when you stay faithful, when you come out of the other world, and you stay out of it by staying connected, it's not enough to come out. You're not going to just come out and stay out. You have to be called out of one place into a new place. That's what the church is about. Remember, remember the church wasn't my idea. Right? I'm, I'm not preaching to you something that was my idea. The church was his idea. <laughs> Amen. And he said, I'll build my church on the revelation <laughs> that I'm the Christ, the Son of the living God. My homework for you tonight is to go study that statement out and what does that mean to you? He's the Christ, the Son of the living God. I'm going to give you two things and then you go study the rest out. <clears throat> the word Christ, you know, it, it's, it's not, it's actually not part of Jesus' name, Jesus Christ. It, 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 it shouldn't actually even be stated that way. The word Christ is the word anointing, anointed. And Jesus is that anointed one that was prophesied before the foundation of the world that He would be the one ransoming you and I and, and redeeming us and liberating us from the difficulties of this life. That's who He is. He is Jesus, the anointed one, the, the Savior of the world. He's Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God. And when, you, when it says that He's the Son of the living God, He's the life. He's, he, he, was, he was part, He's the third part of the triune being. He was the Word of God that became flesh. And that was God's only Son, God's part of the triune being that He gave up for us. And when He gave it up, He he got him back and all of us. And that's what you and I have to see 
to a level and to in, in, in a way that we've never seen it before because it's there that I'm healed, it's there that I'm delivered, it's there that I'm free of all the stuff that tries to weigh me down, all the, all the issues that make us look like we're bad people. If you've got strife and division and competition and jealousy and frustration and, you know, bitterness and unforgiveness and those kind of things, you don't look like a good person. You got all that working in your life? People look at you and they want to stay away. Because I promise you, the fruit of that stuff remaining is ugly. But you're not a bad person. If you say, well, you know, I've got all those in my life, you're not a bad person. It's those things that have never been, you've never been freed of, that only the Word can liberate your life. Only the Word. Only the seed of the Word. Did you hear what I said? The seed of the Word. See, if you just took tonight, Matthew 16 and verse 13 through 19, if you just took that passage right there, and you took it for what I said, and you went home and you studied that, and you developed that in your life, and you spent time meditating on that, the seed of what you heard tonight begins to be a seed that you begin to declare out of your mouth, you begin to meditate on, you begin to study it and look at it, and it becomes seed. And all of a sudden, that seed begins to deliver your life because you've spent time in what you heard. Did you hear what I said? See, because what that does is, when you hear something tonight, you're hearing something tonight that isn't what you would hear at work in most places that you work in. You wouldn't hear it in most schools you went to or anything else. You're hearing something tonight that's different than what you hear in the norm, okay? And so when you're hearing that, and now you're thinking about it, and now you're studying it, you're giving the Holy Spirit inside of you something to reveal to you. See? But if all I'm doing is watching movies all the time and all I'm doing is talking bad about people and I'm frustrated and I'm, I go to work and I don't even like work and all I'm doing is talking bad about my job and all these kind of things, I, I'm not developing and learning to train my unrenewed mind how to make the changes that need to be made for me to step into a whole new life. And it begins with the confession of God's Word. Every time you say something negative about somebody, stop in your tracks you know what? I'm not doing that. Lord, I don't like what they've done, but I speak your blessing over their life. I say this or that or the other. You don't have to, you don't have to get an agreement and like when people are doing things that are not right, but in the midst of what's going on that's not right, God wants to be God. Amen? And only through His Word can He be who He said He would be for you. That's why we've got to apply that on a day-to-day -day basis. The only way for the church to rise up and be in 2022 what the world needs it to be is if that we will be people that are connected to what Jesus Christ is building. He's building his church that the gates of hell cannot prevail against. Listen to me. When you're doing that, then you can prosper at everything else in your life. Anybody ever attempted through spending time hearing the Word and, and, and confessing and those kind of things and, and, and endeavoring to prosper in a certain area of your life and you're not prospering, anybody ever get discouraged in that? Yeah, everybody has. Does that mean we quit and throw in the towel and say that God's Word doesn't work? Absolutely not. If God said it, it will produce. If 
if, Galatians 6, 9, if you don't quit. Those that don't quit, they'll reap. I don't know about you, but my new middle name is Bert Reaper Wimberly. I'm the Reaper. <laughs> Sounds kind of scary. <clears throat> the Reaper. Amen? Amen? You don't quit, you will reap. I mean, what do we have to quit to? I mean, what's back there? Oh my gosh. And at different times in all of our lives, we've talked about, you know, I just ought to go back and do this. That? You come to your right mind, just your natural mind will tell you, that's, that's, being, that's idiotic. Huh? To go back to that? No. I'm not going back to nothing. I'm standing strong. We're moving forward. 2022 is a year of the church stepping into its purpose like never before. Amen? Can you say amen tonight? God is so absolutely true to his word. I want to say this last thing and then I'm done. The enemy has been successful. He's been successful. I'm not giving him credit. I'm saying he's been successful. And he has been responsible for the divorce rate in this country. He's been responsible for the church splits in this country. I mean, churches have split and split and then done the splits. And he's responsible. But people gave into it because the seed of the word was not working in them because the seed of the word produces if you're allowing it to work. Uh, I don't care what happens. I mean, in my life, your life, anybody else's life, any church, marriage, or anything else, the seed of the Word didn't work somewhere, and we have to learn from those things that didn't work, and let's, let's let's get serious. Let the Word work because the Word always produces, no matter what. And I declare in 2022, we give the devil no place. I don't like talking about the devil anyway. He's defeated. But the Bible's very clear, don't give him any place. Don't, uh, don't be unaware of his schemes and tricks and the things that he has against our life, and we're not. And I'm telling you, you can be aware because you have discernment through the person of the Holy Spirit, and you can know what's right and what's not right every single time. We don't have to give in to anything. And this coming year, as we're stepping into it, And we're about there. It's already begun. We're stepping into our purpose. And the devil is defeated and he has no place. And he will not succeed in people becoming casualties in different areas of life ever again. Can you say amen? Ever again. 
I'm not tolerating any crime in Kerrville, Texas. How many agree with me tonight? We're not, to, we're not tolerating crime in Kerrville, right? We're not, we're, not, we're not tolerating COVID deaths in Kerrville, Texas, right? This is our area. This is our county in Kerr County. This is our county. We have authority here, amen, and we have the right. And I'm not, listen, I've had family members, close friends, different people that have passed on as a result of COVID. I'm, not, I'm taking it very serious, but I'm saying no more here. Can you say amen to that? We will not tolerate the deaths in people's lives from a disease that Jesus paid the price for. Can you say amen? And that's the absolute truth.